0: Are you hungry? What are the real costs of filling your stomach? Let me tell you, there's a very good chance you spend more each year on food that you don't even eat than you actually spend on other things like gasoline, clothing, electricity, and even insurance. But let's put money aside for a moment and look at how much water we're actually wasting. In the United States, 30% of all food is thrown away each year. And it is estimated that about half of the water used to produce that food also goes to waste, since agriculture is actually the largest human use of water. Now, why am I talking about food in terms of water? Well, water is in such short supply, it is projected that unless humanity drastically reduces its consumption, we will face severe shortages of water globally by 2040. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Preview of Tomorrow. I am your host, Mike Lake. In today's preview, we will hear from Scott Massey on how his company, Helaponics, has created a solution that has the potential to become the largest farm in the world without using any land and very, very little water. Innovation. Resiliency discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Scott. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. And I'd like to welcome all of our guests who are listening in or watching us on YouTube. Uh, For all of you, I'd like to introduce you to Scott Massey. Scott is the co-founder and CEO of Helaponics, an innovative company that is reimagining agriculture through its creation of GrowPod, a device the size of a dishwasher that can grow food up to three times faster than traditional methods. But Scott, before we talk about urban agriculture and home agriculture, tell me, who is Scott Massey and how did you find yourself creating Helaponics?
1: yeah thank you for having me here michael it's always a pleasure to connect with you i'm from evansville indiana which is the southernmost point of the state right on the kentucky border and after growing up in this town which has been long known for appliance manufacturing as it's situated about halfway between st louis and louisville i then went to college to pursue a degree in mechanical engineering technology at purdue university it was at purdue where i then interned in the oil industry for two years, and became very familiar with fluid mechanics, the way in which liquids move from point A to point B. And it was my junior year at Purdue in 2016 that I responded to a job opening in the Horticulture College to work on a NASA-funded hydroponic research study. As it turns out, hydroponics, which is the method of growing crops without dirt but uses a nutrient-rich water recycled over the roots of plants, uses the same fundamental fluid mechanics as is used in the oil industry. So I was very fortunate to be given a job in that research application, but I really fell in love with the concept of vertical farming using hydroponics in these controlled environment. Uh, so I ultimately founded my own company, in and created the GrowPod, an appliance that would enable everyday consumers like ourselves to have the ability to grow vegetables in the convenience of our own home using some of the same technologies that NASA is using today.
0: So, Scott, you just brought back a childhood memory of mine. Um, I remember at the age of nine traveling to Disney and Epcot in particular, yeah. where I, I first was introduced to this concept of hydroponics. Um, and as I recall, Disney got it from NASA. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Have a lot of benefits there being next to the fairchild botanical garden uh, a lot of great insights for controlled agriculture there in florida
0: absolutely well so obviously that this this uh, alternative methods to producing um our agricultural products uh, have been around for some time um but tell me what what are some of the real challenges that the traditional methods um kind of have created for us and why alternative methods are are so
1: important yeah well you know you've made some great points there hydroponic farming is not a new thing it's actually been around for thousands of years it was practiced by the ancient egyptians and the nile and the aztecs and uh south america and mexico uh but overall the concept that's
0: something i didn't know by the way
1: Yeah. Yeah. They used floating rafts and kind of a river basin area. So they're able to cultivate crops that way. But what they were always dependent on was the climate, even though they had a more efficient method to grow crops, they could only do it in where there was what they call a Mediterranean climate. And that's where the sunlight, the temperature, the humidity and all the necessary variables needed to grow vegetables for human consumption are required to be done there. Uh, But unfortunately, not everywhere in the world do we have these pristine Mediterranean climates. In fact, those areas are decreasing at a very rapid rate as urbanization is now claiming this farmland to become more industrialized or even residential cityscape environments. So as a result, we need to actually create these Mediterranean climates where there is not the climate naturally occurring in that area. And by doing so, we effectively create what many people might identify as a greenhouse. We create a closed environment. We Mm -hmm. can control these variables, the temperature and the humidity, and we can even create light. And although that obviously sounds like a rather small accomplishment, we've had light bulbs for some time. What we've not had are lights that are energy efficient, so much so that we could grow crops inside of a closed chamber without any sun exposure, fully simulating the environment and still be profitable. That is a much more recent occurrence. And when you include the deeper level of having micrologic computers and algorithms that automate these systems so that it can actually operate and be profitable without an operator's oversight, that's a very recent occurrence, only in just the last couple of years. And that's been the considerable focus, I think, of both NASA and the industry as a whole, to reduce their labor overhead by increasing more automation in the overall system finding more energy-efficient lighting methods, which was the exact research I was doing sponsored by NASA at Purdue. And all of these things should be increasing the yields while reducing the overall operation of the system. Uh, so in a nutshell, that is what vertical farming is. It is that next-generation iteration of greenhouses by completely and totally creating the environment you need independent of the outside external environment.
0: So we we have a... a... A real estate issue, right? I mean the amount of land that um, farming takes up is a challenge. Um, the amount of water it consumes, in fact, as I recall, water is the largest um, human use of uh, or f- rather farming is the largest human use of water, most of which is frankly wasted um and And then now there's also this issue of, and well, we've all f- felt the impacts of not going to grocery stores the way we've always had during Covid. But there's also food waste issues. I mean, there's a lot to this um this one I- topic. and I, I mean, we all know that we we rely on good quality food to stay healthy and nur- uh, nu- nutritious. Um, so, how is it that uh, growpod can? can address some of these issues? And how bad are these issues, really?
1: Yeah, uh, well, to put it frankly, and not to be a pessimist, but the issues are pretty bad, and it's going to get worse, much worse, and not so distant future. Um, as of today, we spend about 50% of all land use in the United States towards agriculture, and 80%, 80% almost <laughs> all of the water consumption we use in the United States goes towards agriculture. And believe it or not, The United States is still one of the most efficient in the world, despite how glaring inefficient that overall system is. So why is that important? Well, right now we're at about 6.8 billion people in the world, just shy of 7 billion. We're going to be at 9.8, almost 10 billion people in the year 2050. That's a 3 billion person increase in the next 30 years. Well, to meet that demand, according to the United Nations, we must increase food output by 70% so it doesn't really take a you know a math genius to figure out here that if we're already using half of our land and we need to increase output by 70 percent more and 80 percent of our water we need a method that drastically reduces our consumption of inputs to increase the overall productivity and that answer in my opinion will be in many different options but one of the biggest for vegetable cultivation will be hydroponic farming by eliminating dirt by eliminating the kind of unforeseen variables that occur in the natural environment, and by simply recirculating the nutrients over the roots, we can reduce our water usage by up to 95 or even more in some cases. There have been some instances of vertical farms reaching complete efficiency by even condensing any water vapor out of the air, but that's what this is going to take and it's going to be motivated by the limited factors that we have in our environment. So. The good news is companies like Helaponics and others are working really hard in creating these personalized cultivation chambers to lessen our dependency on these vast amounts of land, water, and labor to grow these sorts of vegetables. In our case, the convenience of an individual's own home.
0: So the benefits are huge, though that's apparent. Tell me, you know, average person, um, how 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 does GrowPod enter into our life?
1: yeah absolutely well you know we've seen a a renaissance of gardening already happening from the pandemic far too often people have gone to the grocery stores and the shelves have been empty or they themselves have contacted COVID or want to minimize that exposure wherever possible. So there's currently a deficit in our vegetable production, and we're already meeting that deficit today by supplying localized production within consumer households. The same way you might go to your refrigerator and pull an ice cube out of the ice chamber, and it's kind of a strange way to think about it, but that's an environmental control chamber. Your refrigerator and freezer combination has the ability to manipulate an environment condition water into its final state and provides you the end good. In that case, a block of ice, a perishable item. And what we're going to do is not too different from that. We inject water into this machine it then automates the growth cycle from there. And before you know it, the G-Pod seed cartridge that we provided to you, which is kind of like a K-Cup, is now a full vegetable ready for consumption. So overall, the impact on your life is minimal. And that's actually a huge objective for us. We measure our minutes of user maintenance on a weekly basis as a variable that we're constantly trying to bring down to make it as easy and automated as possible. Because the reality is... Most people don't know how to farm, they don't know the slightest thing about micro micronutrient, uh, total dissolved solids or salts in their water, you know a lot of these are foreign chemical concepts that most people frankly don't have the time to learn and what we do is we take, we get rid of all these unknown variables and we automate it in a consistent output device. Um, So much like a wine cooler or even a uh, a dishwasher, our current under-the-counter model would literally be installed under the cabinetry, but in some cases, it could also be a standalone unit where we have them and everything from garages to basements to living rooms, and so long as the unit has power, water, and internet connection, it's able to grow autonomously 365.
0: And so, first of all, I have to tell you, for, I should totally have been disqualified from even conducting this interview, given the fact that everything I touch that's green turns to dust in no time. Uh, but it sounds like even the grow pod would work for me, uh, which is something I thought might never be achieved. Um,
1: you know, the argument that you would be the perfect demographic, and I think you're doing a great <laughs> job with this. You know, we find individuals that fail... Outside because their home doesn't have that Mediterranean climate the soil property the sunlight and trying to even assign the variable that gave you that negative gardening experience is so difficult because that on its own almost requires an expert level of agriculture. We take away that uncertainty. I make the comparison that when you put a plant outside it's like a hunter-gatherer lifestyle. It's competing against all the other plants and pests out there for nutrients in the natural ecosystem. And as those roots extend out in the soil fingering looking for those nutrients it's exerting energy which would otherwise be allocated towards the plant's growth we take away that competition we provide an all-you-can-eat buffet uh, uh, just a perfect heaven environment for these crops where the nutrients are essentially being ejected into them through the root structure and we're able to get this growth rate which is triple of what you would normally see outdoors in a field
0: so I just so you know, I'm going to remind my wife the next time uh, I kill a plant uh, that it's due to the non-Mediterranean climate in Boston. It has nothing to do with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so with a with a unit the size of you said as a as a wine refrigerator or a, a dishwasher, I could be producing uh, you know veg- vegetables or whatnot. Um, to, to consume myself. Give me a sense of, you know, in the course of a week, how much of my diet could I actually supplement with, with a grow pot? Yeah, so our units
1: are configurable. We allow you to first grow the number of plants and then the type of plants you specifically want to grow. So maybe Michael wants all basil and cilantro because you have more of a uh, kind of Uh, aromatic herb uh, preference you want to work with your larger um, culinary I guess objectives you already have we can we can absolutely supplement that and you could have that or maybe you're more of a salad aficionado and you want to have a different type of salad every day everything from spinach to romaine to bok choy to kale we can accommodate that in even a polyculture assortment meaning all of these crops could be grown simultaneously inside of our environment And that's something that's very unique to our system through our automation algorithms, which are able to optimize based on the specific combination of plants an individual has and is then able to grow those for you. Uh, But in regards to growth rates, as I mentioned, you might plant a seed outside and see the harvest in about, I don't know, about three months, about 90 days, depending on the crop. In our system, because all the nutrients and seeds are held here within in the pod and then placed in the automated chamber, and then we actually aerate our nutrient spray in a form of hydroponics called aeroponics, which gives us this optimal droplet size. We're able to grow a plant in approximately 30 to 40 days. That accelerated growth rate, which is about triple what you'd see outdoors, spanned over the 60 planting ports on our vertical tower would allow our user to harvest a full head of greens on a daily basis when the system is fully configured at its maximum configuration, and they're planting and harvesting a pod every time they uh, continue the growth cycle. So in short, this could be a daily production device uh, once your growth cycle has been initiated and your harvest planting is staggered on a daily basis.
0: Well, I know my doctor would appreciate me eating a lot more of those leafy greens you mentioned is a salad aficionado. I like that scenario. Listen, we're almost out of time here. In in 30 seconds to a minute, tell me, um, let's look forward 10, 20, 30, whatever years into the future. Homes everywhere have their GrowPod units. What what does that actually change for the, the world, their community, themselves? You tell us.
1: So apart from us reaching the milestone of becoming the world's largest farm without owning a single acre of land through our decentralized network of household cultivation devices, uh, the real benefits are going to be felt by the world at large. Uh, we're not emitting, uh, you know, all the greenhouse gases that are traditionally associated with the agriculture supply chain. So it's much more sustainable from a carbon and methane emission perspective. Your water consumption is going to be reduced tenfold by adopting this device. Your food waste is going to be significantly reduced overall, amounting to even more sustainability. And probably most important of all, You're going to enjoy your meals better. It's going to taste better because these devices will actually learn from your feedback and improve the taste the more feedback you individually provide to it. All the while, you're going to be having nutrients, which are going to be twice or even more than the density you're traditionally accustomed to at the grocery store. So health, flavor, and environmental benefits uh, are really the true uh, effects that we're going to bring with this business model.
0: Scott, this has been enlightening. Um, And I'll tell you, there are so many challenges facing uh, this world as a whole. Um, I think oftentimes people struggle with understanding what individual impact they might be able to have. And you just perfectly laid it out, how every one of us can do our part uh, and benefit personally, uh, not only in the savings, uh, you know, to our wallet, but also in the added flavor to our meals uh, yeah. and the environmental impacts that we're reducing and conserving. So listen, I, I'm just amazed by what you've done and uh, look forward to to seeing and hearing more of your success. Um, just end by telling us if people want to learn more, how might they do so?
1: Yeah, so the best way to contact us would be to go to our website, which is growpod, G-R-O-P-O-D dot I-O, and from there you can see a contact form, and we'd be happy to hear about any inquiries. We're currently hiring for a number of positions since we've recently been awarded a federal research grant uh, through the NSF SBIR to study the effects of multiple multispectral or different color lights uh, and their effects on crop growth, or to even learn about when you yourself can procure a grow pod, um, all of which can be learned about on our website through that Contact Us forum.
0: Fabulous. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us here at Preview of Tomorrow. We look forward to, to hearing more soon.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guest today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow.
1: Preview of Tomorrow
0: is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.